Amen. God, thanks so much for prayer. Amen. The Word of God tells us that He stores the prayers of the saints in vials in heaven. Oh, you think about that. Amen. I said, my God thinks so much of your prayers that he stores them in heaven. And he's going to pour them out on the earth one of these days. Oh, hallelujah. Well, praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. I'm thankful. Amen. For the cross. The word of God tells us that the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us that are saved, it is the power of God. How many is thankful for that power here today? Amen. Amen. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, amen. You say, how do I know if I have the Holy Ghost? You'll speak with other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. Amen. And if you don't have the Holy Ghost today, before you leave this service, God wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost. God wants to, wants to deliver you from sin. Well, praise God. I said God wants to give you deliverance. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Thankful to have my mother-in-law, amen, back in church with us. Praise God on Sunday. Amen. Glad to have Isaiah, my nephew. Amen. He is working for God. Praise God. Thank God for the Holy Ghost and fire. Amen. The Holy Ghost will change your life. Praise God. I'm going to go to the word of the Lord. Judges chapter 5. Praise God. Judges chapter 5. Amen. I'm thankful for the day that the path of Calvary and sin intersected. Because there was a victory at the cross. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. My God defeated death. Amen. When Jesus died on the cross, amen, he defeated death. Hallelujah. He defeated hell and the grave. Hallelujah. Amen. Sin was defeated. Judges chapter 5 and verse 20. And I'm thankful, amen, for the word of God today. And I'll read I've got many scriptures that I'll read here today. Amen. Judges chapter 5, verse 20. They fought from heaven. The stars in their courses fought against Sisera. Sisera was a man that was an adversary of the people of God. And so we can say that he was influenced of hell. But there was a time when God said enough is enough. And the host of heavens came against him. Second Kings chapter 6 and verse 8. You, said, well, you say, well, he, was, he died in a tent. A woman drove a tent peg through his temples. Well... Amen. When God says your time's up, you've done mess with God enough, you're done. Hallelujah. Amen. Second Kings chapter 6, we find another account of these, amen, heavenly hosts fighting from heaven. 
Verse 8 says, Then the king of Syria warred against Israel, took counsel with his servants, saying, In such and such place shall, my, shall be my camp. And the man of God sent unto the king of Israel, saying, Beware that thou pass not such a place, for thither the Syrians are come down. And the king of Israel sent to the place which the man of God told him and warned him of and saved himself there not once nor twice. You say, what, what does that mean? That means that when the man of God said, don't go that way, he saved himself multiple times. Therefore, the heart of the king of Syria was sore troubled for this thing, and he called his servants and said unto them, Will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet that is in Israel, telleth the king of Israel the words that thou speakest in thy bedchamber. And he said, Go spy where he is, that I may send and fetch him. And it was told him, saying, Behold, he is in Dothan. Therefore sent he thither horses and chariots and a great host, and there came by night one little old man of God, and they sent the, the world's, one of the world's largest armies after him. The Bible doesn't say that he had a sword. It doesn't say that he had anything but the anointing of Elijah. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, an host compassed the city both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? And he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. Praise God. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. The Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. Praise God. And when they came down to him, Elisha prayed unto the Lord and said, Smite this people, I pray thee, with blindness. And he smote them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. Praise God. Why don't we lift our hands and just ask the Lord to help us today. God, I know the words that you have spoken to my spirit. God, I ask you today, God, that I could give it to your people, oh God, that they may hear and understand and know that you're the Lord God. In the name of Jesus, God, you see every soul that needs the Holy Ghost today. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus Christ, God, I love you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God, glory to God, in the name of Jesus. Praise God, praise God. Let's thank the Lord right now for his word. Well, I love you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Amen. You can be seated. I don't have a really high-powered title here today, but I just feel like, preaching about paths and people, paths and people. And uh, we find that the word of God tells us in Jeremiah 6 and 16 that the Lord said, thus saith the Lord, stand ye in the ways and see and ask 
for the old paths. Where is the good way? And walk therein, and ye shall find rest for your souls. And so we understand that there are, the, the word of God tells us that there is a way that seemeth right unto a man. And we have to know that the word of God, amen, will judge us at the end time. And will judge us when we stand before God. And so we understand that uh, the paths that we take in life, amen, the things that we the, the roads we choose to walk down will forever affect us in the rest of our life and our walk with God. Well, praise the Lord. The highways that are driven today, how, how many come to church on a road? Amen. And so uh, if you didn't come to church by driving, maybe you walked. I don't know. But if you get on the highways outside of town, you, you can read history and understand that uh, the roads that we drive down, maybe not necessarily the interstate highway system because that came about only in the 20th century when President Eisenhower had seen the, uh, had seen the highways and the autobahns in Germany. And he, when he came back and became president, he said that we need the, the interstate system is really for the military. It's, it's for our, we use it and we're, we benefit from it. But if you've ever read the history of our interstate system, it's for the military in a time of war should it ever break out in the United States. But there's a lot of bendy, windy roads that you can take the same, take those roads and get to a destination that you're trying to get to. And those are the roads that actually our nation uh, built itself around. And they they, in the old days, they were actually footpaths. A lot of them were paths that the Native American Indians traveled and they walked down. They were trailblazed. They were they, the, those that, that, that settled the frontier that came to this nation. They actually used these same paths, uh, amen, to create roads. And uh, they used them for ease of navigation. Uh, because they they weren't straight up, they weren't straight down. They could they could get across the country. Stay with me for just a moment. Uh, I'm going somewhere with this today. Uh, they use them for safety from from natural hazards, even human hazards, uh, all types of uh, uh, all types of roughings and 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 uh, the, the cowboys, the Indians, the outlaws, all of those always patrolled those roads looking for the easy prey. So they would always try to make a safe path or a safe highway. These roads were actually boundaries that they defined areas uh, of the country. And, and I just found out yesterday talking to a man that there's a, a road called Boundary Road just down south here by Cheney Lake. And, and I've always seen the road called Boundary Road, and, and I never thought about it. And he told me, he said, yeah, I was, he has a house on that road. And he said, I was researching why it's called Boundary Road, and it was actually the northern boundary for the Osage Indian tribe. And never knew that until yesterday that... There's great significance in paths and roads of life uh, that you take. Praise the Lord. Ease of navigation, safety, boundaries. 
You know, I want boundaries in my walk with God. I don't want to be, I don't want to live a walk with God in a life without any type of, uh, of, 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 of limitations. I want limitations in my walk with God that I'm not, I know that I'm not my own. I'm bought with a price. Amen. When God began to deal with me in living for him, he said, hey, look, I purchased you with my blood. Oh, praise God. Thank you for that boundary, Lord, that you set in my life. Amen. That when you cover me with your blood in baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. That sin no longer rules in my mind, in my body, in my life. I belong to God. It's a boundary. I'm not going to cross that boundary. Praise God. Amen. The devil will constantly try to get you to test the boundaries. Amen. But I'm happy to be in the boundary. I'm happy to be in the kingdom of God. I'm happy to be a child of God. Well, praise God. Amen. And uh, I, I, every day I drive past this group of cows and, and they got their necks stretched over the electric fence and they got it underneath the electric fence trying not to touch it and there's green grass all around behind them but they're trying to get over that fence you know what in living for God I don't have to try to get over the fence I don't have to try to get under the fence just live for God hallelujah well hallelujah praise God amen I got a little black lab at home and uh, she's pretty smart uh, she knows where the food's at. She knows exactly when you get home. She knows if she barks long enough, you'll let her out. And at night, you know what she does when it starts turning dark? Is she'll just walk back there to that pen. We'll be, get over here, dog, where are you at? And you'll walk over to the pen, and you're like, oh, there you are. She's, she's waiting for you to shut the gate. You know what that little 10 by 10 enclosure does? Is it gives her protection from the coyotes. It gives her protection from other dogs that might try to come eat her food. And you know what the, you know what the love of God is? Uh, hey man, the blood of Jesus in your life, it's protection. Uh, hey man, that I can hide and he's my hiding place. Uh, hey man, he that abideth in the secret place uh, of the most high shall abide under the shadow uh, of the almighty. Hey, I don't need anything. I just need to go hide in him uh, and rest in him. Well, praise God. I'm going to to sleep in Jesus. I'm going to rest in him. He's my hiding place. Well, praise God. I said he's my hiding place. Amen. He's my shelter. Praise God. You get under the shadow of the Almighty, he's my shelter. Amen. Amen. You know how God has a shadow? Is he robed himself in the flesh called Jesus Christ. Because God's a spirit. He never had a shadow until he became a man. <laughs> so Psalms 91 is actually a prophetic utterance. Uh, amen. That when you get into Jesus Christ, uh, you have been born into the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Oh, you ought to thank God. Uh, amen. That he brought you out. Uh, amen. That he set you apart. I said he set you apart. 
Praise God. Amen. And so, in life, there's always going to be paths. Are you listening to me today? There's going to be paths that we will, that we can, or that we'll have to make the decision whether or not to take. And you've got to do it with care. You've got to say, okay, how? Amen. Everything you do should have the, should have the Holy Ghost litmus test. Well, praise God. I said it ought to have a Holy Ghost litmus test. How many knows what litmus paper is? Amen. You can dip it into, you can dip it into a chemical, and you can read the pH. See if it's an acid or a base or whether it's neutral. And, and you, can, you can see what something is without having to touch it, without having to get involved with it. And that's what God give us the Holy Ghost for, is the Holy Ghost, uh, amen, will give you conviction. The Holy Ghost will set you apart. Uh, amen, the Holy Ghost will say, hey, uh, hey, man, you need some more of this. Uh, hey, man, you need some Holy Ghost preaching in your life today. Amen. You need some Bible reading. You need some prayer. Amen. You need some fasting. Come on. I'm preaching to you today. Get the full of the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost, how be it when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will lead you into all truth. Amen. And so if something is not the truth, it's a lie. And the Holy Ghost is not going to lead you into a lie. Jesus Christ is truth. Amen. I said my God is truth. Amen. God can't lie. When Jesus said except you repent you'll all likewise perish. He's saying hey you've got to change. That's what repentance is. Repentance is turning from the old life. Repentance is saying I'm not going that way anymore. I've already tried that. It doesn't work. Praise God. I know I'm kind of teaching here today, but I'll get to preaching here in a minute. Praise God. So, the path of life, amen, we, we have problems. And so we can't look at problems with the natural eye. Because when you look at it with the natural eye, you can only see it in the dimension that it was created in. The problems, the, the results of of sin. Uh, God never deals in sin. God never tempts any man with sin. Uh, God cannot sin. God, uh, he won't lead you into temptation. That's why we pray, lead us not into temptation, but he's our deliverer. Well, praise God. I said, my God will deliver you. Amen. My God will never tempt you with sin. Oh, hallelujah, you know who the tempter is. Amen, the devil will try to tempt you with sin. Amen, but my God, he brings deliverance. My God will set you free. My God will bring you out. Well, hallelujah, I said my God will bring you out. You don't have to live in sin. You can come out of sin. Come out from among them and be your separate, saith the Lord. Man, when those... When those children of Israel came out of Egypt, how many is listening to me? They didn't look like the people of God. They looked like Egyptians. But the longer they walked with God, all of a sudden God started putting the laws 
into their life. Now thank God for the new covenant because he writes his laws on the tables of our heart. It's not just an external force or an external uh, commandment, but it becomes a desire of the spirit. That's why no man can come to God except the Father draw him, is what Jesus said, or the Spirit of God draw him. Amen. And so when you start to feel that drawing of God in your life, it's not something that is just a feeling, but it is the Spirit of God with his hand upon you. I can preach to you today with no doubt in my mind that God has a way of putting his hand into your life and leading you and guiding you. My God, he doesn't lead us, amen, down paths of unrighteousness, unrighteousness, but he leads us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Amen. And so when God's hand is upon your life, you're going to feel the drawing of God. You're going to feel God saying, come on, draw a little closer to me. Amen. Get a little closer. Jesus said repent. Get away from sin. Amen. Turn from your wicked ways. If my people which are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. That's why when I come to the altar, I let the tears flow. I cry out to God and I say, God, I want to humble myself before you. Oh, I'm preaching to you right now that he that comes to God with a humble, a broken and a contrite spirit that God will in no way drive him away but he'll say come on a little closer. Come on, I've heard your prayer. I want to help you. I want to secure thee. I want to hold you up. The Spirit of God moves. The Spirit of God moves on these people. The hand of God is on their life. And the longer they walked with God, hear me today, the longer, the longer they walked with God, they truly became the people of God. Jesus Christ, he reprimanded the Sadducees and the Pharisees. He said, you're whited sepulchers. He said, you on the outside, you've got all your, just, you're just right. But on the inside, you're full of dead men's bones. But where did we find Jesus at? We find Jesus. He sat with the sinners. He sat with the publicans. You know who the publicans were? They were the tax collectors. They were the ones that that the Jews hated because they felt like they were traitors because they worked for the Roman government collecting their taxes. Amen. And Jesus, where did you find Jesus? You didn't find him at the Sanhedrin. You didn't find him sitting with the the Pharisees and the Sadducees. No, he upbraided them. He told them, he said, you're full. He said, you're whited sepulchers. You're twice dead. You're plucked up by the roots. But he said, bring the children to me. He said, hey, do you need healing today? He went to the the demoniac that was full of demon spirits. Hey man, and that man cried out to him. And 
Jesus cast the demons out of him because God, my God from heaven, he wants to help you. My God from heaven wants to take you down the path that'll change your life, that you can live in it. God didn't bring you, God didn't bring you this far to see you fall out of the pathway. Is there anybody helping me pray today? And in living for God, sometimes we feel surrounded. How many's ever felt surrounded before? One time, oh, oh, Zeke and Zeb, they were, they were out. They had a bounty on, on the, all the brigands and all the rough ends and said, $25 for every one you bring in. Zeke woke up, and they was all around their tent. And he said, hey, Zeb, we're in trouble. He said, what's wrong? He said, we're surrounded. He said, man, we just struck it rich. <laughs> you say, Pastor, what do you say? I'm, I'm trying to tell you that sometimes we're surrounded. Sometimes we're, we're in trouble. We're, we're, there's so many things, and... And we're like, how in the world is it going to work out? How in the world are we going to get out of, out of this this time? And you know what God wants you to know today? Is God sent a preacher to preach to you and tell you that you've got to have eternal life and tell you that you've got to have repentance and baptism in the name of Jesus to wash away all your sins and to be filled with the Holy Ghost because there's a host of heaven that's on your side. Hey man, there's a host of heaven. Hey man, that's fighting for you today. Hey, my God is here. Hey, man, my God wants you to know, hey, man, that he cares about you, that he loves you, that he wants you to be on the right path. He wants you to walk down the right highway. He wants you to come into the truth. The right path will lead you to the truth. And so, we know that the path that we're on has to be intersected with truth. The king said, who's the traitor? Who's the one telling Elisha where not to go? And they said, king... It's that God that he serves that's telling him the path to take. Telling him the way to go. And the Bible says, the word of God says, he saved himself not once, not twice, but over and over he was saved. He that believeth and is baptized continues to believe continues to walk down the path 
Jesus said, go and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth, Mark chapter 16 and verse 16 says, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. And so we've got to continue down that path of believing and saying, yes, Lord. Hey, man, that you brought me this far. Hey, the Bible says, Jesus said, if you believe not, you'll you'll be damned. You'll be condemned. But the Bible says, these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. And so when you go down that path that God's leading you down, you're going to find salvation. You're going to find the Holy Ghost. You're going to find remission of sins. Oh, I'm reaching for you today that you can't just stand back and say, here I am, God. you got to come down the path. you got to take the road that God has set before you. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth and I am the life. You're not going to find it anywhere else but in Jesus Christ. There's going to be people in your life on your pathway. What are the effect of people in your life? He'll hear me today. Hear this preacher preach. What's going to be the effect of people that are on your pathway? There are some people in life that it is difficult to avoid. You have family. You have friends. Is this okay today? I'm going to preach it anyhow. But there's going to be people in your pathway that, good or bad, you're not just going to throw them out of your life. Okay? And so you say, well, why are you talking about this? Because people affect us. I don't know that that my job today is to put the title on the people. But it's your responsibility to hear the preached word of God and say, okay, how does this person affect me in living for God? And so the word of God tells us that we are to pick the people and allow the people in our lives that we want that influence or that direction that they're walking to follow. In some aspect, all of us are followers. We, in, 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 in certain points in life, we all, uh, we're all followers. I just, I, I, I'm just preaching to you today that you will follow, uh, you'll follow someone in life. Uh, you'll look to something in life that will uh, create or it will cause there to be good or negative influences in your life. And so Isaiah chapter 58, verse 11, it said, And the Lord shall guide thee continually. How many is thankful that the Lord will guide us continually? And satisfy thy soul in drought. Who's going to satisfy our soul in drought? God is. 
and make fat thy bones, and thou shalt become, shall be like a watered garden, and like a spring of water, whose waters fail not. If you'll turn in your Bibles to John chapter 7, this is a prophetic utterance, uh, and there's many times that we read in the Word of God the prophetic utterances of the Holy Ghost. How many is thankful for the Holy Ghost today? In John chapter 7, we find that Jesus, he stood up at the great day of the feast and he began to cry out. The Bible doesn't say that he just talked to them in some little monotone, quiet voice, unconcerned. But the Bible says that he lifted up his voice and he cried out. John chapter 7 verse 37, in the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried saying, if any man thirst, any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, that, that word believeth means continue to believe on me. As the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Rivers of living water. But this spake he of the spirit which they that believe on him which should receive for the Holy Ghost was not yet given. He was talking about the Holy Ghost that when you get the Holy Ghost it's going to be like a springing up well inside of you. Jesus told that woman at the well he said if you had the water that I was telling you about he said you would never thirst again. You need the Holy Ghost today. You need God in your life today. You don't need to wait another 10 years right now. Today is the day of salvation. God has led you to this altar. And so we read here. Read. Let's continue reading in Isaiah 58. And they that shall be of thee shall build the old waste places. My Bible tells me that when I get the Holy Ghost, I'm going to rebuild the things that have been torn down spiritually in my life. They shall raise up the foundations of many generations. Thou shalt be called the repairer of the breach and the restorer of paths to dwell in. Because my Bible tells me, hey man, that there might be a way that seems right unto a man, but the end thereof is death. Jesus said that's why we've got to search the scriptures. For in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they that testify of me. Jesus was just simply telling you got to get in the body. You got to get in the church. You got to be born again. Except a man be born of the water and of the spirit he cannot enter into the kingdom of God you gotta be born again we find another account of a man going down a path a highway 
Philip said to the Ethiopian eunuch, Acts chapter 8, he said, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, how can I except some man should guide me? And Philip preached unto him Jesus Christ. What better, I said, what better way could we ever have in our life than to follow Jesus, than to be filled with his spirit. Because when you get Jesus in your life, you don't just get a church on Sunday morning. Hey man, you don't just get a Bible put in your hand, but you get the spirit of God living on the inside. Hey man, that when you receive the Holy Ghost, you will speak with other tongues. There will be some evidence that Jesus Christ is living inside. There will be some evidence that God has brought you out. He has led you out of sin. Come on, somebody. I'm preaching to you. Don't continue down that path of sin. Come out. Come out of Egypt. Come out of sin. Turn to John chapter 3. Jesus he told him in John 14, he said, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. But he told him in John chapter 3, verse 3, he said, Verily I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. The only way that you can even see what's happening inside of this kingdom is you've got to be born again. You've got to be born into it. Hey man, your life, hey man, your whole life has changed. The Bible says when you get baptized in Jesus' name, you are a new creature. You're a brand new person. I'm not the same person I used to be. I don't look like I used to. I don't talk like I used to. God brought me out. God set me free. He filled me with the Holy Ghost. Come on, I'm reaching for you right now. You need the Holy Ghost. You need the fire. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born again when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus said, Hey, you're, you're thinking on the wrong plane. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Hey man, when you get born of the water, you're gonna go down in this watery grave of baptism right here. Hey man, we're gonna plunge you under. Hey man, put you under the water. Hey man, that like as Christ was raised from the dead, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Hey man, that old life is passed away. I buried it in Jesus' name. I put it under the water, under the blood, in the name of Jesus. Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. It's the greatest thing that could ever happen to you. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. But that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Jesus was not talking to them about natural birth. 
He was talking to them about spiritual birth. He was telling them, look, you, your old man has to be rejuvenated, renewed, born again. He said, marvel not that I say unto thee, you must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listens. You must be baptized in Jesus' name. And you must be filled with the Holy Ghost. The wind bloweth where it listeth. Thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh and whether it goeth. So is everyone. Say it. So is everyone that is born of the Spirit. And on the day of Pentecost, Jesus said, hey, you go into that upper room and you wait there for the Holy Ghost because it's going to come. They had a 50-day revival and didn't even have the Holy Ghost. They were worshiping God. They were waiting on the Holy Ghost. What are you guys doing up there? We're waiting on the Holy Ghost. We're waiting on the Comforter. Oh, it's going to come. Jesus said, hey, I'm going to send you another, another Comforter. When you were with Jesus Christ, when you were with Jesus Christ, you had the greatest comfort that you've ever felt. There was something about it. When Jesus said to those fishermen and those tax collectors and Luke the doctor, when he said, follow me, they didn't even have to think about it. They were just like, well, I've never been in anything like this in my life. This is the greatest thing. Think about that. That's what the Holy Ghost is. It's the Spirit of God. And when you come into the church, you begin to feel things that you have never felt before. You begin to feel the Spirit of God on a, on a level that you, you've dreamed about, you've read about it, but all of a sudden it starts becoming personal. It starts becoming like, wow, hey, this is, and maybe God's dealt with you before. I've had people tell me, you know what? I feel like God has filled me with the Holy Ghost. I don't know. I've never been there with them when God has moved upon them. Maybe they did talk in tongues. There's, there's people that's come to this church uh, that, that died in, in the faith, that they received the Holy Ghost before they ever stepped foot in here, but that they still spoke with other tongues. Has the Spirit give the utterance? And you say, what is that? It's the Spirit of God. Hey, man, because when the Spirit of truth comes, it's going to lead you into all truth. Amen. Maybe you've experienced the hand of God. I don't tell people, well, you don't have the Holy Ghost because you haven't come to this church. I don't know that. But God does. Maybe the path they've been walking down, that God's already been working on them. And God says, okay, here's, a, here's the church. This is the truth. There's a woman in California today who's a, who's a pastor's wife. Her life was upside down. The man she was living with beat her, controlled her, threatened her. 
And she was walking around that track right across the road behind Trinity High School. And she said, God, if you're really real, will you please show me where I need to go? And God said, lift up your eyes. You know what God's going to tell you? When you come out of sin, you've got to lift your eyes up. You've got to get your eyes off all the problems. You've got to get your eyes on Jesus. And God told her, said, lift your eyes up. Lift up your eyes. And when she looked up, she was looking at this church building. And God says, you go into that building right there. That's where you're going to find what you're looking for. And it was a Sunday morning just like this. I'll never forget the day she walked through the doors. Amen. Pastor Elder, just like I am right now, he was given an altar call saying, if you need the Holy Ghost, you can have the Holy Ghost. And she walked through those doors and she bowed her knee right here at this altar and she began to repent. And God filled her with the Holy Ghost. She was baptized in Jesus' name. I'm telling you that God has been dealing with you and talking to you and speaking to you. This is the truth. This is the church. This is where the Spirit of God is. And God's saying, come on. I don't have a lot more time. You gotta come on. You gotta be full of the Holy Ghost. You must be baptized. Oh. Come on, the Holy Ghost is here right now. God's reaching for you right now. God's saying, come on, you need the Holy Ghost. Oh, if we could all stand, if you need the Holy Ghost today. This altar's open, you need to come to the altar. The pew's not the altar, this is the altar. You've got to meet God at that place of the altar. Say, God, forgive me of my sins. Here I am, Jesus. Come on, this altar's open. Come on. Come on, you need the Holy Ghost. You need the Holy Ghost. You need the Holy Ghost. Oh. Yes, God. Yes, God. Come on, the Holy Ghost is here right now. Come on, you gotta humble yourself. Jesus. Oh, I want I want everyone that needs the Holy Ghost. Come to the altar. Come on to the altar. Come to the altar. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, the Holy Ghost is here. Come on, let's pray with these men right now. Jesus, Jesus.